0: Welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, guys. We're here with your fortnightly market update. I'm Pav, and with me today, we've got a new guest. we got Morgan. G'day, Morgz. G'day, Pav. Thanks for having me on. Mate, absolute pleasure. So, some of you might have remembered Morgan from a recent episode on NFTs. So, Morgan is all things gaming, and more than that, mate, do you want to sort of, I guess, tell someone a bit about a bit of your background and even your role here at SwiftX as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, at SwiftX, I'm a team leader in the customer support department definitely puts us on the front line to get exposure to a lot of interesting market sentiment and stuff like that. Absolutely. And as someone who's invested in crypto pretty casually for the last five or so years, it's a good point to, I guess, see what the market's doing, get a little bit of extra knowledge that you might not come across. You've got thousands of users who are out there combing the internet for their hot tips as well. So it's a good spot to be in for your news.
0: Sounds good, mate. And what would you say sort of got you into crypto? Is it
1: um, something you got bullied into or what was the go? Uh, yes. No, I was the last domino to fall in my share house. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, we bought Bitcoin at the news agents. At oh, the news newsagents? Yes. Yeah, so it was actually the news newsagents that had a post office attachment to it and you could go right. in there and show your phone and the bloke would send however much you paid to your wallet. That is interesting. It's a different time. Wow. A very different
0: time. Things have changed. There you go. Well, you've heard it all there now. As always, guys, if you like what you hear today, definitely give us a share on the gram. So you can find us at Tapping Into Crypto. Great place to also drop any questions that you might have as well. So we quite frequently want to run into doing some more Q and A. So definitely do reach out with any questions that you might have. But today we'll get stuck right in. We'll do like we always do, just a bit of a market roundup and just see where things are right now to start. We've got some pretty interesting news items that have popped up, I guess, over the last one to two weeks. So. India's had an update on their recent crypto shenanigans, so we'll touch on that one. Uh, Facebook has had some interesting news about their sort of commitment in the crypto space, so it'd be interesting to dive into that one too. And I thought we could just talk a little bit more about, I guess, something on a more institutional grade level. So, I know we always like to just see what the big guys are doing. Uh, KPMG, so they've had some recent acquisitions in the crypto space as well in their treasury. So, that's that's an, another one we'll just look to unpack, but... Mate, markets right now, What? Uh, how are you feeling about everything?
1: As a casual investor, I think you'd be pretty optimistic that your portfolio <laughs> is going to be showing some green. It Feels good, doesn't it? It does. And probably the timing of people jumping in and taking a pretty serious nosedive. <laughs> uh, I think it's confidence for anyone who's invested maybe in the last two months that it's not all done for.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been... I guess a relief for a lot of people, especially if you've just recently been getting into the markets. But for some people, like you're sort of saying, like, you know, are we, are we done with the downside? Is this certainly up from here? Yeah, fortune generally does favor the brave, but how brave do you need to be, I guess, at this stage is the million dollar question. But yeah, I think I'm feeling pretty much the same. Like it's been a great, I think it's almost been two weeks of, no, it's only been about a week, sorry, uh, of price sort of coming up just on Bitcoin specifically. Um, so, yeah, being up 20 something percent in the last, little while, it's never a bad thing. And I know we've always talked about it in previous catch-ups as well. Usually when Bitcoin starts to show a bit of strength, it tends to have like a pretty positive knock-on flow to a lot of the altcoins. But I guess that's where you just got to be a bit careful and mindful so that if it does sort of turn around at any stage, that they also fall as quick as they rise, as some would say. Then I think that sort of kicks off a little bit of what we're seeing in the news as well lately. Just I guess it is reflecting uh, of, I guess, a bit of the positive market signs we're seeing, just some positive news as well. So, you know, we've all heard of China, Russia, India, banning crypto every couple of months. Yep. If not, feels like every couple of weeks. It was really, really odd to finally see one of these countries come out at the gates and actually say how they're planning on taxing it. So, uh, for those not aware, the finance minister in India recently announced that a 30% tax on crypto holdings would basically be their strategy Obviously, this doesn't mean that it's legalizing crypto in India. Uh, there was like, I think a firm statement saying that this was basically early days and, you know, but it's a pretty positive move, right? Like they're not going to tax something that they plan on banning. I mean, I'm,
1: no, I think for your, for your casual investors and probably even more institutional ones, yeah. having the government derive a tax from that asset is a pretty good sign that it's, again, we'll wait for them to come out officially and say it won't be made illegal, but. Yeah. Those are some pretty good indicators of the government's intention, is that they're they're making some money off of it.
0: Yeah, and if you know if they do not remove that ban, I mean it's a bold strategy, but you know we'll let them work it out.
1: It's interesting. The thirty percent tax actually puts that as the highest taxed bracket in India. Really, in line with lottery winnings, awesome. same classification. Yeah. So yeah. That are basically the highest in existence, I think, in terms of a, a straight up tax. <laughs> um, look, it's pretty savage yeah and what that means for people who invest casually or people who are perhaps used to deriving some form of income from their trading it'll be interesting to see how that shakes all that up yeah interesting right and i think
0: another sort of caveat to that was also just some speculation on the digital rupee some early indications saying they're looking to launch in 2023 so Again, not super verified, but I mean, you kind of paint a picture of they want to obviously create a, a very strong framework and sort of show some initiative in this space. And again, look to move off of that sort of paperback central currency more into something a bit more centralized, but still digital, which I think there's a few countries already that obviously have speculated and actioning on this. So, I think China is obviously the one everyone's probably most familiar with. Digital yuan. <laughs> digital yuan, yep. Yeah. Uh, Europe as well as Australia announced that they are investigating and researching how they could implement a digital centralised currency. But it's going to be interesting to see.
1: I do love the idea of a, uh, a digital currency introduced at the same time as a basically national overhaul of the view on crypto. Mm. What I'm not sure is about is that the tax implication on that digital currency as well is the 30% tax applied to the digital rupee. I guess
0: it's part of their federal treasury. So, you'd imagine... You could choose to pay with either or, right? I don't know. That's how I would see it.
1: But I've been, I've been trying to think of actually how that rollout yeah. would look, you know, because yeah. a country adopting a new form of payment yeah. and how that actually looks.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually think of it from that angle. Kind of seems a bit like a nightmare, uh, but not our problem, mate. <laughs> not Our problem. Uh, we're not just yet. Talk about it. <laughs> if they do a bad job, we'll probably talk about it. And if they do a good job, we'll talk about it too. Um, we'll know
1: how to roll our digital currency out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But, mate, I think uh, we were chatting about it before in the office as well, just over a bit of brekkie. You mentioned that, uh, yeah, there was some pretty interesting news coming out from Facebook recently, just on the same sort of topic, really, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess in regards to, to news topics that kind of disproportionately move the market is Facebook's parent company, Meta, scrapping their plans for a stable coin based off the US dollar called DM. So, DM was originally adopted as the name to distance itself from the Facebook giant, I think in their best interest, they wanted to not make it look like a Facebook coin. Right. You can imagine why. And it yeah. was basically reflected in the the concerns from Congress was that a company that has a really shady history of scandals and digital mishandling of, of information, what's it going to look like for them to lead the charge on a US-pegged stablecoin? Essentially, Meta's role in the development was questioned because of its size and its reach. So, there was basically concerns that a social media-run stablecoin was a strong contender for the US dollar. So, that's pretty much all been scrapped now. And there does appear to be a company buying up all of the underlying technology. Yeah, um, right. So, this mightn't be the last we've heard of DM. Interesting. Just not coming from Meta. It's
0: kind of a scary thought when you think about it, because you're right, the amount of people that use Facebook obviously enough to populate many countries. They could have their own metaverse. Their Absolutely. Their own little universe where they're spending digital Facebook dollars and no one ever worries about anything else other than what happens in that space. It'd be interesting if that ever happened.
1: There's definitely a large onus on something like that with how strong their message can be. They've, they've been shown to kind of sway votes and elections and other things. So having a currency attached to that kind of power is, yeah, it was a pretty scary prospect. Uh, Not necessarily that I'm glad it's gone, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely a a contentious idea that the Facebook giant would be in control of a a digital currency and and how that would be maybe reflected on your Facebook feed. You know, would you be prompted to get it? You know, would ads be reflecting that kind of sentiment? Mm. I guess the question for me would be is the failure of that stablecoin because of any underlying problems with stablecoins or Meta's involvement in it?
0: It's a big one, right? Because I think any sort of questioning of the stablecoin space would obviously shake, you know, if if Facebook deems it's not, you know, obviously they know what they're doing to have gotten where they are, right? So, found some holes I don't think are worth pursuing. Does this mean that everyone kind of has to go back to the drawing board and rethink stablecoin technology and how we sort of see it right now? That's an interesting one that might obviously unpack with time. And
1: then on the flip side is it the involvement of big companies. Is this a temperature gauge for any future big companies? And what sort of risks they face when they're trying to bring a currency out to the public? Mm. They face the same fate.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely sets a precedent. That's for sure. Yeah, some more positive news in that same sort of space. Uh, KPMG specifically, their branch in Canada has recently added Bitcoin and Ethereum to their treasury as a part of a buying program. They in their own words, completed a rigorous risk assessment, uh, including and evaluating tax implications before deciding to add the digital asset to its holding. So I know we spoke about it on previous chats and I know Tommy did a bit of a deep dive, but uh, Micro Strategies is probably the most well-known household name when it comes to having crypto on the balance sheets for their treasury use. And they've gone as far as to even, you know, accumulate more debt to get more Bitcoin. So wow, okay, their sort of stance on it is very much to hodl and see it all through (laughs) no matter what happens for the long term. So, there's, I guess, more and more big players sort of seeing the value proposition understanding the risk, navigating that space might sort of have that trickle-on effect that everyone keeps talking about. So, it was interesting to see a major company like KPMG, which is located in, you know, obviously a lot of countries around the world, but Canada, you know, one that's very stringent when it comes to crypto and sort of laws around how that is all done. So, that was interesting to see.
1: In your opinion, what would be the reason that a company like that finally caves into dipping into crypto? Is it the inherent investment benefits or aspects of publicity? You know, are they? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. What do you think is the the primary cause? Or
0: it's probably going to be a bit of everything, right? Like, I guess if you're making a decision, there's more than one reason to do something sometimes. But you'd like to think everyone sees the value proposition. Uh, that might be a bit too romantic. I don't know. <laughs> But a lot of these companies, I think it's safe to say, you know, might be looking to hold these assets for, you know, obviously X amount of time. Like all this stuff is usually mapped out as a part of their strategy. And what's frequent is they, you know, we see it with micro strategies as well. Like they do have a trickle of amount leaving as the market's maturing and the price is increasing. Like they're not just holding only; they are, you know, selling it. Like we've seen Tesla do the same thing as well, where they had their initial chunk and they did sell it off as well along the way. So it's going to be interesting. Like you think anything is made for the good of the company as a decision so you know i know some people still question the merits of crypto and how legitimate it is and you know is it just a fad you know there's going to be less and less of that i think if there's more and more of these sort of companies just making it as part of their day-to-day business activity like you know they've got obviously a diverse portfolio of maybe stocks and equities as well as some fx hedging because they're an international company so this might be just a part of that overall broad strategy which is really cool to see i think
1: and i do love seeing companies adopt cryptocurrencies into their finances. Obviously, cash flow was always a big consideration. So until Bitcoin essentially is even more usable than it is now as a currency, companies will always have that limitation as to what percentage they can put into Bitcoin because you do have to keep that cash flow going. Mm. Taking crypto as payments all good and well, yeah. but if you can't cash that out, at least not in a way that's making it superfluous to have ever taken cryptocurrency to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> But it is exciting because I think as those milestones get reached, as there's more ability to pay for Bitcoin, then there'll actually be more room for companies to take Bitcoin as payment as well. Yeah. And I have seen places that offer, I guess, a discount for paying in cryptocurrency. Really? Yeah. Where? I think it was actually when I was looking into the tax implications in India. Yeah. There was the prospect of being able to have a reduction in bills. Wow. If it was paid in the country's digital currency Uh, i see where you're going so inherent benefits to using the local coin yeah yeah yeah. um but again for businesses to benefit from that they have to see cash flow as well so there's got to be a full circle
0: yeah and i think that's the one thing those who have been dipping their toes in long enough have experienced like it it is a very liquid market obviously not as liquid as foreign exchange for the you know multiple trillions of dollars of that moving around each day but Obviously, the more adoption we see, the more liquidity, um, more buyers and sellers come to the party. So, you know, it does make it a possibility to be able to move large sums quite frictionlessly as Bitcoin you can kind of already do. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Other than that, I guess we've seen a few big movers in the last seven days. Bit of a theme to it, more because It's right up your alley. It is gaming action.
1: Very excited for the top movers at the moment. So we've got Gala Games as our top mover in the last seven days. So that one has had a 66% increase. Gala is a blockchain gaming platform. I spoke about it briefly in the play to earn podcast episode. Gala is not, I guess, one of the ones in my repertoire currently, but definitely something that I've looked at pretty broadly because of its involvement blockchain wise. The thing that sets Gala apart from some of the other play-to-earn blockchain-derived ecosystems is that it is co-created by one of the creators of Zynga Games, made popular for Farmville, Farmville um, <laughs> Words with Friends. Um, oh, really? That one too? Yeah. They've got quite the repertoire of games. Yeah. So I think there's definitely a real strength there. There's also some very strong visual correlations between the two. But I think that's really played in Gala's favor. Um, I think when when people come across these games, they're the closest thing to existing mobile games and so a really easy barrier to entry for people who maybe aren't sure about the blockchain gaming yet. Mm-hmm. So that's Gala's one of them. The other one we have is Vulcan Forged, uh, so another blockchain game studio and NFT marketplace. They don't have those larger portfolios games as uh, Gala do, mm-hmm. but they've made a couple of very strongly contenders in the Vulcanverse. Um, yes. <laughs> it's a very niche name, Vulcanverse. Again, both of these are built off the Ethereum network and are basically purpose built networks for these gaming ecosystems. So, mm-hmm. both heavily NFT DAP focused. Yep. And both are releasing games that aim to give you ownership over the digital assets that you acquire in either rpg games or in fact one of them i think is coming out with the first AAA a first person shooter blockchain game so Jeez. yeah potentially something to watch out for you
0: yeah absolutely and i know i myself was very much hooked on farmville back in the day couldn't go past it, having to collect my strawberries doing the math on an excel sheet as to what got you the best yield
1: wow so you'd probably really enjoy getting into town star which is gala games right? yeah. i think it is Look, from what I've seen, it does look like a bit of a farm bill type of game. So, if you're good at that, I think those skills will translate really well and pay out in the end as well.
0: Yeah, I think either way, my wife would kill me. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Um, But I think this sort of feeds into something that we've spoken about on this catch-up series as well as other series in the past as well about, you know, seeing two items from the same sector running nice and red hot like you know they're both doing effectively the same thing almost like a gaming studio so if you're sort of trying to research and look at you know what could be you know a worthwhile thing to look into and do your own research on like it's just about you know looking up similar projects that maybe haven't quite had that sort of time to run in the sun if you will so those people are still trying to struggle how to do their own research like sort of just seeing these movers and you know a time frame like seven days and seeing that they're both linked it kind of does give you a good opportunity to go and just do your own research on, you know, what other NFT platforms are around that maybe just haven't had a run yet or, you know, might meet your appetite for risk as well. Because obviously, with any potential upside, there's an equal amount of downside that could be coming your way as, you know, a few people might have experienced with the most recent dip. But uh, I know I hear from a lot of people that don't know where to start. And, you know, it's things like this when you can see that there's a general pattern that you can follow and make sense of that. That's a great way just to get started.
1: And these ones particularly, I mean, a studio releasing a game is that news article that people are looking for for more confidence in this company and this project. Yep. Uh, sometimes some of the DeFi, stable coins, what they're doing on the back end isn't as tangible to the public, whereas yeah. things like Gala Games, when they release a, a new game, that's a very tangible thing for people to see and put their trust in and think, well, um, these guys are actually producing content so I can be comfortable yeah. to put some more money into them. Them and other game ecosystems... I think it's a very visible proof of work for prospective investors to see and say, okay, I can actually tell what these guys are producing and its popularity.
0: Yeah. It's a full circle, right? Because if you're paying attention and following what those guys are doing on like the Telegram, the Twitter, the Discord, and you see like the vibe has almost dipped or dropped and it's not the same or someone leaves, that was a key creator or artist in that sort of space. You can kind of... Sort of speculate that talent's probably leaving as well and it may not have the same sort of outcome it becomes a bit more share-y, right like you look at like a you know your ea sports or something and you see that they're bringing out xyz title and it's a triple a or an indie or whatever you kind of give it is definitely a lot more easy to get your head around than a lot of the other projects that we've seen in the crypto space in the last few years so very exciting
1: it is those tangible connections as well because these are kind of studios that we're used to hearing already much like if you, there was a very popular artist align themselves with a, a new coin. Yeah. Much the same way these game developers seeing ones that we've recognized in the past joining up with these essentially blockchain-focused companies, huge indicators of stuff to come.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it kind of just feeds into the whole narrative of why people like crypto to begin with. Like it is almost like the ultimate sort of bastion for freedom of expression and nothing really to hold you back it's you know does the public want this yes or no the public kind of invests with you type of thing it's um the ultimate crowdsource funding to some degree but that's yeah i think that's really cool other than that mate what's your thoughts on i guess where we could be going with the markets in the next couple of weeks uh, how are you personally
1: feeling about everything Ugh. so far this has all followed i guess par for the course my apprehension is that when I tend to buy, there yeah. is a, a bigger dip coming. Did so you buy Morgan? I did not because I fully expect there is a another dip coming. Okay, <laughs> I think in in my mind. Yep. But again, that's more just on apprehension of my own. <laughs> and what tends to happen when I buy? So, but that's just my views. I've also dabbled with the idea of DCA, and I think yeah, personally, okay. I'd probably. Use this as an opportunity to start just because as things were going down week on week, I thought, well, I'm pretty, pretty happy. I haven't been DCAing in lately, but yeah, yeah. look, a little bit of green bars, and I think it might be time for me to um, jump in. Yeah. Um, and what are your thoughts on the next couple of weeks?
0: I think it's um, been a good sign of strength. I know a lot of what I was speculating on was heavily reliant on, I guess, a couple of big macro picture things just to play out. So earlier episodes, we talked about the Fed's movements, and you know they've come out of the traps now, saying that- the US is basically at some stage, I think it's March, they're going to start increasing interest rates. So, a lot of people are expecting it to happen a little bit sooner, I think. And that's maybe why we're seeing a bit of what I would probably describe as a relief rally. So, a bit of money circulating back into like equities, back into crypto that initially people went really risk off just while that news was coming out. Potentially could be a good reason for why we saw that heavy sell-off uh, in the end of January. But I agree with you, mate. Like it's It's been a great couple of days, if not a week or so of of green candles, but I think even on a technical basis, like we're heading into like a pretty key resistance area just on Bitcoin and a couple of other assets as well. So probably like a little bit more of an upside left to go. Maybe Bitcoin could quite easily reach that 45, 46K USD valuation before maybe having a bit of a swing down. Um, That being said, it could also swing down at any moment right now, but yeah, I mean, if I miss it, I miss it, but I'm kind of hoping there's at least a little bit more downside or a little bit more sideways action just to, just to get a bit, bit, a bit more DCA in personally. Maybe, you
1: know, just see what happens in the next little while. And in terms of your decision-making, yep. when you see strong movement like this in consecutive days, mm-hmm. how do you approach decision-making? Are you waiting for it to cool down or are you using the movement to your advantage? Yeah,
0: that's where you get left behind sometimes, right? Like you have to be okay with that if you do get left behind and that's where a lot of people get stuck up, like they don't want to buy when it's red, but unfortunately that tends to be the better times to get in. Um I know it's easier to buy when the candles are green, but yeah, it's all just got to be part of your plan and I think if you don't know what to do next, you just got to think about it and decide for yourself. I know for me like if price goes up from here, and we you know, we let's say hypothetically we just go sideways and up from from here. You know, I've got a plan for that too, and it's the same one you just alluded to, DCAing. I wasn't gonna make or lose anymore. It was just a case of that's just what I do. All I would probably preface that with is if we do see a bit more of a sharper dip and we retest a lot of these low ranges, that DCA figure just might just increase a little bit more just to basically treat it as a bit of a discount period. But Um, I like that,
1: discount period. Discount period. How long would you, I guess, wait for a news article to come out? Because these do tend to pretty strongly swing the market. It's usually in the negative when a country bans... Or, you know, bans or legalizers, we see red or green based yeah. on those decisions. So, yeah. how much do you wait for a news article? Do
0: you know what I usually do? Like, I will look at a technical level. And so, just real simple stuff. So, just horizontal support resistance. And, you know, there's plenty of stuff you can teach yourself about that on. But usually, once you sort of hit into those key levels, that's when you get the news article. And then that's what causes the price to have a bit of a reaction and what it does. So, yeah, I, want, I do wonder actually now that you said that if we get up to – you know, that 46, 45K and Russia or China bans crypto or India reverses its decision uh, to, to apply taxes to crypto. And that sort of is the catalyst for us to sort of move back to the downside or, you know, whether we have the opposite reaction, like maybe we get to that sort of key level and we get a very positive news article or some sort of positive sentiment shift and start to put in some more higher highs. So, me, I'm definitely less inclined on news to sort of, I guess, guide my decisions. Like it is more just thinking about long-term and just slow and steady wins the race type of approach because I've done it the other way and it's just it's too hard. It's just not something I'm, I feel like it's a, a sustainable way of living um, personally.
1: No, that reminds me of my early days of trading. Very emotional yeah. based on the colors of the uh, candles largely.
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah. I jokingly said with Sam last week that the fix for that is to make the red green and the green red and boom,
1: <laughs>
0: problem solved.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah,
0: terrible. Uh, but um, yeah, look, that, that's what I think could be coming. And I think probably the most surprising thing was it's kind of caught up now. But a lot of the movement that we saw in Bitcoin was actually outpacing, you know, some of the stock indexes, so your S and P and Nasdaq. So for the longest time, it's always been Bitcoin following the giants, you know, the U.S. equities markets, you know, close to a three hundred trillion dollar market. Crypto is only now creeping back up to that $2 trillion valuation. We're not too far away. I think we did just tag it and then sort of pull back a bit. So, yeah, it, it's it's really very positive in my personal opinion that um, the sentiment is there enough for people to have that conviction in Bitcoin to once it needs to be picked up, it gets brought up. And yeah, it's it's been really cool to see. and you know, obviously we've seen Bitcoin and ETH go and, you know, we might even generally after you have a bit of a a positive movement across Bitcoin and Ethereum, you tend to see for the next one to two weeks, a bit of ripple effects through some of the altcoin markets. So, they can be very hard to even pick or be expecting, but you tend to see that market cap sort of flow from the higher cap to the mid to the low, um, even if it is very quite quick and sharp. So, don't know if it's going to happen, but there might be some opportunities to take potential bit of profit on some lower cap assets that you m- might be invested in. So I'll just be waiting for that as well, to be honest. Um, and if it does happen, I'll probably capitalize on that too. And hopefully pick something else up again, a bit cheaper. I think that pretty cool. <laughs> Other than that, mate, it's been good catching up. Thanks very much for joining us. No, thank you for having you've, me on. has been a delight. And yeah, for those of you who are wondering, Morgan's voice is as good in real life as it is over the microphones. So thank yeah, you, Pav. audible chocolate, um, delicious. But on that weird note, Uh, We'll end it there, mate. Thanks very much for joining and thank you everyone for catching up. It's been a blast. Thank you, Pav. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.